Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I personally have been really excited these last two weeks as the Lord has us in this season of just praying together. I'm not saying that this season is over. I really believe that it is the Lord that has us corporately praying together in the last two weeks. That's what we've been doing. If you're a visitor here, our last two weeks, uh, we've had uh, a little bit of time in the Word, but predominantly some time of corporate prayer, and it's been really good. And I really think it's so good for us as a body because it gets our eyes off of ourselves, and it gets our eyes onto Jesus. Amen? It gets our eyes on Jesus. And, and I really believe that the Lord would revive us in this as a church, rekindle a passion that was once so vibrant when we began six years ago. And when this happens, friends, we have to see that it's is, is good because the way I see it as a pastor is this, the Father kindly, lovingly saying, hey, remember me? Come, let's enter into a time of intimacy together, corporately. Your prayer life, individually, should always be rekindled and revived because that's one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. But we can't miss out on God's desire to minister and to be intimate with us corporately. So that's why I just think that this prayer time has been so good. And because it was him leading us, that's what's made it incredible. No man can manufacture that prayer time to make it right and feel right in your soul. That's the work of God and God alone. Amen? That's what makes it incredible. And I believe that this week, I'm convinced, actually, I'm convinced that God would have us rekindle a passion for something else. Rekindle a passion that was once vibrant in this church, and that is a passion for the nations. It just so happens that Friday, we had the Night of the Nations, last Friday, and the attendance was actually pretty decent. It was about 50 people, but in the scope of 1,500 people, you begin to think, well, wait a minute, what happened? This is the night of the nations. This is where we're praying for our missionaries out on the field, our missionaries that are out there uh, laboring. We have a responsibility. And I'm aware that, I mean, there's times where I can't make it to night of the nations because of, um, you know, certain events and camps or whatnot. There's reasons why. But something that concerns me is... As a church, we've grown. And yet, six years ago, when the nations were so hard-pressed, so it was such a burden that neither the nations was actually, with a smaller church, it was a bigger meeting. And so we've grown in size, and we shrunk in our prayer meetings for the nations. Now, there could be many reasons why, and one of them I actually think is pretty valid, and that's because as we've grown, maybe we've lost the passion for the nations, for the mission of God. 
And, and so there's no rebuke needed, just a reminder. And if anything, for those of you who've just added on in the last year, and that is, hey, God has called us, not as a church, but just as an existence of a child of God, we are to be on mission. We're to be on mission at church with a heart for the nations, a passion for the nations. That global perspective is what we need to have. We need to be reminded in this. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. I hate doing this, but while you're turning your Bibles, in front of you are the little envelopes that I was supposed to tell you about for those of you who are giving your $1 for a year per day. <laughs> oh, Lord, the infomercial. Okay, let's get it back into the Word of God. Matthew 28. Most missionaries on their newsletter has this scripture on the top, and there's a reason. It's the Great Commission. After Jesus, having died for the death of humanity, for the sins of the world, having been buried for three days, rose on the third day, there was a time frame of about 40 days that he spent with his people before the ascension. And this is part of that time. He says to the disciples, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. I remember when I first came across this scripture as a young believer, and because um, I was really ignorant, as a young believer, I, I, I was brought up in, uh, basically as a heathen, and really no knowledge of the Bible. My, went, went to, to um, Catholic church, did catechism, but got absolutely nothing in regards to the Bible. And so I was very ignorant of the Bible. And when I came across this, it shocked me. I was like, Wow. This is what we're to be about. The guy discipling me, I understood the word disciple, and I think that word is used very wisely. We're not to go and make converts. We're to go and make disciples. At the time, I was being discipled, being poured into, being taught the word of God. The gospel had been preached to me, and I received the good news and then there was a process of being taught 
more about who he was and what he wanted to do in my life. And, and luckily, I think I was very blessed as a young believer to go on a short-term missions trip to Israel of all places and to minister to college students. They were uh, Russian immigrants, and I, and I lived there for two months being immersed and really seeing this scripture in action made an impact of, I believe, a lifetime. Because I took it for what it was worth, and that was that this was a commandment of action. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission, or maybe even better said, the great mission. The great mission that we're to be involved in. Mark 16, 15 says, Jesus saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation." Friends, this is what we're to be participators in. I understand that not all are called to go into the nations. But I know one thing. All are called to be participators. And according to Mark eleven seventeen, Jesus said, it is not written... Is it not written, my house shall be a house of prayer for what? For all the nations. So being participators, we can participate in prayer. Friends, there, you know, we've been suggested to go back and read the the series that we've had on prayer. Many books have been written on prayer. Prayer is just this amazing potent tool that God has given us, and we are called in this scripture to participate in the global perspective of God wanting to reach the nations through the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and somehow we've been called to partner in that, and we've been called to partner in that in prayer. This place that we reside in should be a house of prayer for the nations, In Luke 10, 2, it says, Jesus saying, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. We are to participate in reaching the nations in prayer. Amen? And I, and I really believe that the timing is right that God is wanting to give us an opportunity to allow him to work in our hearts, in our minds, the heart for the nations, his heart for the nations. We need to be on mission as a team, united. We can't be a church that says we support missions. We have to be a church that's on mission, unified, together, that is the mission of God. It's not the mission of this church. It's the mission of God. You may not be considering a missions trip. You may not be called to Cambodia. You may not be a part of the sending team. But I want you to come to a place this morning to agree in your heart and your mind that God wants you to partner with him on mission. 
for the purpose of a global exodus of the good news of Jesus Christ. That the word of God needs to go out. And there are those, maybe even this morning, the call is to you to go. But for certain, the call for all to partner in prayer is for sure certain. And unity is key. I, I, I just think if we begin to ask God to allow us, even in our daily routines, ask God, where in my daily routines can I listen to your Holy Spirit for the global perspective? If you add that to your daily routine, friends, it'll literally work miracles in your life because now you have the kingdom perspective. When you invite in your devotional life, in your time of prayer, maybe it's just driving, wherever you are, you invite the call of the heart for the nations in prayer, watch and see what it does to your Christianity. Watch and see what it does to the people around you. We're to be unified. We see this unity in the Trinity. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are different roles within the Godhead, yet unified on mission. We see the Father has sent the Son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We believe that, amen? And the Father, in doing, sending the Son, provided the mission to continue to reach the world. And Jesus, the Son, understood what needed to be done for the nations to be restored to the Father in his death, resurrection, and ascension. We know this because we have experienced it. There may be even some here that have not experienced the love of God being invited into your life and the forgiveness of your sins through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is calling you to himself. And he's calling the world to himself. That's the gospel. That those who believe would receive eternal life. If you're here this morning, you don't have eternal life. It is in Christ Jesus. There is no other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? amen. And so if we believe that and we say amen, then we have to be on mission with him in regards to others being able to receive the good news. As we read in the Gospels, we see that Jesus had set out to restore a sinful humanity to a holy God, and he completed it. It was finished. Amen? He finished the course. And after the ascension, we know that the Holy Spirit 
being united on mission with the Father and the Son, drawing the nations to worship him, we see in Acts chapter 2, go ahead and turn there, we see the Spirit moving to empower and to continue the momentum of the mission of God. Acts chapter 2. We read that verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound had occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not these who speak Galileans? There's a lot to unpack in this verse. Very juicy. This text is very juicy. Yet there's a couple things I want to point out. And one is, notice the followers of Jesus were all in one accord in one place. They gathered together sharing in the same heart, the same love for God, and the same trust in his promises. And they were all in one accord. And the Spirit ministered to every nation under heaven in the unity of that assembly. And in that assembly, you see the unity of the Godhead and the church and the Spirit empowering the church, empowering them in a way that would now continue the work of the mission of God. We see that Right there, as you read on in verse 14, Peter gets up and he begins to preach the gospel and people are starting to get saved as the Spirit would empower those who are in one accord, unified with the Godhead on mission in what God wanted to do. They were participants in it. And in doing so, we see Ultimately, that message get to you and I because men and women were unified on mission seeking to further the kingdom of God. This text is an answered prayer to John 17, the high priestly prayer. Turn there real quick. It's a prayer that Jesus prayed prior to the Garden of Gethsemane, prior to the cross, prior to the death, prior to the resurrection. Jesus prayed for unity with the Father, the Son, and the church. Verse 20, he says, I do not pray for these alone, meaning his disciples, but for those who will believe in me through their word. You with me? That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me 
and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world, the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That was Jesus' prayer, a unity. Do you see why we need to be unified? We need to be unified with the Godhead on mission in regards to the global perspective beyond our little scope. Beyond our little scope. Jesus said right before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, let's turn there, Acts chapter 1. The disciples in verse 6, Acts chapter 1, they ask him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He was pressing upon their heart and mind a global perspective that this gospel was not to be retained, but it was to go out. And the and the Holy Spirit, he told him, go and wait. The Spirit came, and as the Spirit had come, they would now go. And we are recipients and friends. We cannot drop that baton. We have to take that baton, and we have to continue to march on. And a part of being beyond your little scope of uh, wherever you are, Carpinteria, Ventura, or Santa Barbara, wherever you are, you have to continue to ask the Lord to partner with him to give you a heart for the nations, a global perspective, the kingdom mindset. And we set aside some time this morning to do just that, to pray, to pray in regards to the nations as I said, we're, we're bringing nine of the nations to you. So we will be praying for our missionaries that are out in Thailand, in Africa, in Israel. We'll be praying for them. But I would challenge you to equally also pray, asking the Lord to give you a heart for the nations. To give you a heart that goes beyond your little scope to go beyond your Jerusalem, to go beyond and really partner with him. Because together when we unify, just as they did in the book of Acts, when they unified, when they were in one accord, in one place, God moved. And here we are in one accord, in one place, and God wants to move. Amen? So right in front of you, you have the Reality Missions Newsletter. And I divided this up into sections. And this section right over here, 
you guys. This first page, not this page, this is like the cover page. Right after the cover page, you guys pray for this page front and back, right? You guys got that one. Right here, this beautiful section, you guys get this, front and back. You're praying uh, for Crystal and Jill and Israel, and uh, you'll read on. Over here, you guys are going to pray for this third page, front and back, as God would lead you, gather in small little groups, and right over here, this anointed little area over here, not that you guys aren't anointed, but because you guys are bigger, you get the last pages, all of those, okay? Now listen, um, like we've done before, this, is, this doesn't have to be weird because we're family, right? We're family, right? And so it's okay. We can grab a hand of the, whole, of the person next to you and begin to pray and begin to intercede. Uh, pray for this. Pray with insight. Uh, prior to going this into this, if you feel the need to ask the Lord to soften your heart for the nations, um, it's going to be okay. It's awkward for about a second. And then it's potent. Because remember, it's the Lord wanting us to be on mission. Father, we pray that you truly would unify us in our heart with yours. That you would give us the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give us insight as we pray for these missionaries, as we pray for those who've returned, as we pray for those who are arrested. Lord, you come. Have your way with us. We want to be a church on mission with you. And so, Lord, come, move amongst us. We love you. We pray in your precious name, amen. All right, everyone, let's start praying.